silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is dark. Are you scared? Follow me into the darkness as I review horror films of the past and present. Then, open your minds as I share with you real paranormal experiences that myself and others have encountered. I'm Mr. Steve, and welcome to my horror section. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to my Season 1 finale. I wanted to end my first season by honoring the woman who inspired Steve's horror section, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Since it's also Christmas, I thought I should do something to go along with the holidays. And since I haven't had any paranormal experiences around Christmas time, why not do a double feature? Christmas and horror have always shared an interesting relationship. And one of my traditional Christmas movies, along with Home Alone, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Ernest Saves Christmas, is the anti-Santa himself, Krampus. In the spirit of the holidays, I feel the Christmas movie should go first. But before we get into Krampus, I wanted to share this very creepy Christmas poem I found by Rachel Rumancheck on ThoughtCatalog.com. Hidden away among the coastal main cold lies a love story of sorts that has yet to be told swaddled closely i held her so dear as the final hour until christmas drew near humming softly to her the songs that i sing never wanting for her to fear of anything the eyes of her father the cooing of a white dove they say no bond is stronger than a mother's love. Rocking her gently, I whispered her name. My baby girl Eve, you were never to blame. Nestling her closer, I breathed in her scent, while wishing away her imminent discontent. My baby girl Eve, you're as pure as the snow. Your father will be pleased with your virtue aglow. Please don't fear your father, For his love is real, his word is good, his kingdom ideal. It was one year ago, on the night we first met, manifesting in a dream I will never forget. Playing me his fiddle and dancing his dance, ensnaring me into his infernal romance. I gazed into his heart, and that's when I knew All my sweet love, truly ever wanted, was you. Twirling me around, he dipped me to the left. I couldn't help but notice his hooved feet were cleft. The most angelic of faces with enchanting dark eyes. A long forked tongue, capable of dissecting truth from lies. I listened when he spoke and I knew that he was true, consummating our union that night we created you. My baby girl Eve, 
please have no fear, for the midnight hour is finally here. The clock had struck twelve, we no longer could stay. Your father has promised to return on this Christmas day. Our moment had come, my love had arrived, I'd proven my loyalty and we had survived. Nine months in the womb and three on this earth, my darling Eve, you were obliged before birth. My baby girl Eve, please do not be afraid, for the words of man have wrongfully forbade. You were marked at conception, your soul is a gift. We will meet again soon, the pain will be swift. I continued to sing in her final hour, her lips faded blue, her vessel then sour. I set her down gently and I brushed off my gown. It was time to go home and claim my crown. My baby girl Eve, you were never to blame. I simply asked my love what he wanted and he whispered your name. He lifted my hand and gave it a kiss. I then followed my beast down into the abyss. I tell you what, I was looking for a creepy Christmas poem and I think I sure found one. <laughs> anyway, on with the show. Part one, Krampus. The Christmas horror comedy Krampus was released on December 4th of 2015. It was directed by Michael Doherty, who has also directed films such as Trick or Treat and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. The legend of Krampus has been around for a very long time in European and German folklore. His origins are not totally clear, but stories about him go back as far as the 1600s. According to legend, he is the son of Hell, the Norse god of the underworld. It's also believed that he was derived from a pagan supernatural assimilated to the Christian devil. So, on the other side of the pond, Krampus works alongside St. Nicholas on December 5th to visit the children. St. Nicholas, of course, brings the good children presents and goody goods, while Krampus got the fun job of punishing the bad children by beating them with birch rods. Ouch! I even found writing suggesting that he hauled some of the bad kids down to hell. Pretty intense stuff. Americans were kept in the dark about Krampus until this film really catapulted him into the mainstream. Poor old Santa over here had to take care of the good and the bad, except instead of beating the children, he just gave them a lump of coal. When you have a minute, you should look up some of the old artwork depicting Krampus. He is one scary looking dude. So a little plot summary here. The young boy Max has lost his Christmas spirit after his dysfunctional and downright mean aunts, uncles, and cousins come to stay with his family for Christmas. These two little bitches of cousins pick on him for still believing in Santa Claus. In a fit of rage, he rips up his letter for Santa and sends all that negative energy out into the universe, inadvertently summoning the evil Krampus down upon the town. A blizzard sweeps in engulfing the area in a white darkness and bringing with it the demon of Christmas and his minions. Max's grandmother, or Omi, 
is from Old World Germany, and she can sense the presence of something dark from her past. When she was a little girl, a war had ravaged her homeland, leaving her family without hope and no longer believing in the Christmas spirit. Omi herself had given up and wished that her family would just go away. That wish fell on the ears of Krampus, who decimated her family, leaving her to stand alone. And now he is back to take her family once again. The once estranged family must now band together to try and survive this nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> See what I did there? Now, let's talk about what made this movie scary. Krampus himself was terrifying. The way the film depicted him was basically mocking Santa Claus. They gave him a red Christmas cloak, and his face to me looked as though he had peeled off Santa's face and wore it as a mask. Kind of a Hannibal Lecter thing. His face never really moved. His mouth just hung open and his long creepy tongue would come out. He was very big and hunchbacked. He had massive horns and hooves for feet, just like in the legend. But in the old depictions of him, he never dressed like Santa, so I found this to be an interesting look for him. And I liked it. It was quite scary watching him come down the chimney. When the dad and uncle are trying to find the daughter who is missing in the blizzard, they came across her boyfriend's house that had been ransacked by Krampus. They show the chimney in the house all busted up like something huge had forced its way down. We get to see Krampus come down the chimney later in the film again, mocking his jolly counterpart. When Krampus made his entrance landing on the rooftop and then leaping from roof to roof chasing after Max's sister, that was a pretty high anxiety moment for me. Another creepy part was the snow itself. Um, outside, the snow was grabbing people and taking them under, almost in a Tremors-style attack. That was both awesome and creepy. I thought that was a really creative idea to make the snow a bad guy itself. Um, and speaking of something Tremors-style, uh, the Jack in the Box creature was very much like the big worm graboid uh, things from Tremors. Um, the Harley Quinn-style clown's mouth unhinged and was swallowing people left and right. And it made this horrible scream that was quite chilling. Um, yeah, that was just great. There was also the scene with all the creepy snowmen outside. Um, every time Max or one of them would look out the window, they there'd be more of them or they'd be in different positions. Uh, they were made very eerily and kind of deformed looking. <laughs> I actually loved them. And if we would get enough snow in this part of Michigan, I might try and do that in my yard just for shits and giggles. Um, another creep factor in this film is that Krampus does not discriminate and he has no mercy. Uh, no one was spared in this film, not even the tiny baby. In the end, the entire family is killed and they end up in this almost purgatory, um, stuck inside this snow globe in Krampus's lair for all time. Merry fucking Christmas, right? Now it's time to talk about what made this movie hilarious. After all, this is a horror comedy. <laughs> the opening sequence of the movie is this crazy Black Friday shopping disaster uh, to some fun Christmas music, and it is just great. People beating the hell out of each other, all in the name of saving a buck. 
people playing tug of war with toys, slow motion punches in the face, security guards tasing people, and then watching everyone's depressing faces while they go into debt at the cash registers. <laughs> um, another great addition to this film was Conchetta Farrell from Two and a Half Men. Um, she was fantastic in this film. She played the bad aunt who came along with the rest of the annoying family. Um, by bad, I mean fun. Um, she was teaching the kids how to make peppermint schnapps. And she's one of those people that if you don't want to know, don't ask. Because she will tell you just how it is. Which has always been a popular type of character for her to play. And she did it wonderfully. And you gotta love it when she steps up and starts blasting Krampus's evil minions away with a shotgun. Sadly, Conchata passed away on October 12th of 2020. So, a quick little thank you so much for all the years of laughter you've given us. Another great comic relief in this film is David Koechner from The Office and many other comedy programs. He's been in quite a bit. Uh, he plays the redneck gun-toting uncle. Kind of a parody to Uncle Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And he is just hilarious. Krampus is a wonderful holiday horror film. Uh, I watch it every year just before Christmas. I really don't have any critiques for this movie. I feel that everything they did, they did it well, including the CGI bread, uh, gingerbread men, who sounded just like Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a 66%. IMDb gave it a 6.2 out of 10. And Metacritic gave it a 49%. I would give Krampus a 7.5 out of 10. It's scary, funny, and well on its way to becoming a cult classic Christmas horror film. Now it's time to talk about a film that is already a cult classic. One of my all-time favorite films, and one of the greatest inspirations in my life. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, given life by the incredible Cassandra Peterson. In 1981, the world was introduced to the woman who would become the legendary, undisputed Queen of Halloween. Movie Macabre with Elvira, Mistress of the Dark ran from 1981 to 1986. The hostess of horror would take us on a journey of horror movies past. Mostly B-horror films, some pretty good, and some downright awful. <laughs> she made it fun to watch them, though. She always had a witty and funny introduction, and she would interrupt a few times during the films to poke fun and make jokes about what was going on in the film, or lack of what was going on in them. Uh, her look was inspired by the original gothic queen Morticia Adams and the first horror hostess, Vampira. An interesting fact I learned from reading Elvira's new book, Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark, which is a fantastic read, by the way. Elvira's name was originally Vampira, and she was to revive the original horror hostess from the 1950s. However, Mela Nurmi, the original Vampira, who still owned the rights of this character, decided on a big no-no on using her name. <laughs> she would also later file for, file for a lawsuit against Elvira for copying her look. 
Fortunately, that was dismissed, as it was ruled that while there are some similarities to Vampyra, Elvira is very much her own character in more ways than one. As her popularity continued to grow over the years during movie Macabre, the feature film Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, was brought to the big screen on September 30th of 1988. The film picks up right where the series left off. Elvira had just finished hosting a black and white piece of horror history when she was sexually assaulted by the TV station's new owner. (gasps) After knocking him on his ass and walking away from the show, which, in hindsight, she should have just stayed and slapped a lawsuit on his ass and she could have owned the station. But then we would have missed out on the rest of this wonderful story. She receives a letter inviting her to the reading of her great aunt Morgana's will and she is off to Falwell, Massachusetts in her awesome macabre-mobile. Which is totally my dream car, by the way. Look it up when you get a chance. Upon arriving in Falwell, it is made very clear that Elvira doesn't exactly fit in with this quaint little town. Her low-cut, high-slit black dress isn't exactly church-going clothes. She ends up inheriting her aunt's old creepy house, her quote-unquote recipe book, wink wink, and her aunt's little poodle Algonquin. Well, time to make herself at home. Little Algonquin gets a rocker puppy makeover with a mohawk and some pink hair dye and now goes by the name Gonk. After making friends with a local teenage high school crowd, They help Elvira paint her scare pad into a psychedelic rainbow mansion. Once again, not trying to blend in with this goody two-shoes town at all. Which is really pissing off the town council. They want her gone. The recipe book her aunt left her turns out to be a powerful spell book. Elvira finds a letter hidden in the attic, and we learn that her aunt Morgana was a powerful witch. Elvira's mother, Devana, the true mistress of the dark, was killed by her brother, Vincent, an evil sorcerer who seeked the power within the book. Morgana saved the baby Elvira from her uncle and secreted her away to an orphanage. She left a glowing red ring in the basket with the baby Elvira that has stayed with her to this day. Uncle Vincent is still very much in pursuit of the Book of Spells, and now Elvira knows what's up. After a little magical mix-up, Elvira accidentally enchants the town during a morality club picnic, and they end up having a bit of an orgy under the light of the noon sun. (laughs) Elvira gets put into the slammer for practicing witchcraft. The town, as God-fearing as they seem to be, decide, no trial, we are just going to burn this woman at the stake. Seems fair, right? Before Elvira becomes shishkaboobs, She figures out the ring she is wearing holds great power. She frees her hand and summons a storm to put out the flames. While she was a little tied up, her uncle Vincent was able to get his hands on her aunt's spellbook. Now it's a showdown between the mistress and the master of the dark. Very sadly, Elvira did not do so well in theaters. I, as many others, feel Elvira was way ahead of her time. Maybe the world wasn't quite ready for her in 1988. Or maybe not. Maybe she was brought to this world exactly when she was supposed to. 
She is one of those characters that helped plant the seed of individuality. This character has been inspiring and helping millions of people for 40 years now. Gaining more and more popularity as time has gone on, she is very much considered a legend. Cassandra Peterson created a persona that has inspired so many people, including myself, to live their truth. Embrace our differences, our uniqueness. Don't try to conform and be like all the quote-unquote cool kids. Which, cool kids are nothing but a big group of cookie-cutted losers anyway, so why would you want to be like them? Of course I mean that with all the love in the world. Sheesh, lighten up, people. Alright, just like Krampus, Elvira was very much a horror comedy. So let's talk a little bit about what made this film scary. The scariest scene for me was her dream sequence, when she is awakened by the sound of a woman calling her name. Making her way through the creepy mansion by candlelight, she ascends the attic stairs. Flashes of lightning illuminate the winding staircase. She reaches the old door at the top. She hesitates to go in, but she finally does. A quick glance around, she sees nothing. As she turns to leave, a pale, scary old hag covered in cobwebs grabs Elvira's shoulder. She screams in terror and awakens from her nightmare. Another good scare is the soup creature she accidentally conjures up when she tries cooking from her aunt's spellbook. Well, I can't blame her. She was told it was a recipe book after all. Kind of killed the mood for her and Bob in their little uh, date night, but it made me jump the first time I saw it. Um, Uncle Vincent was also pretty scary himself, especially when he gets his hands on the book and he changes into a more demonic looking man. Now, while there were some scary moments, there were way more funny ones. Elvira had some great one-liners that I still use to this day. Uh, A couple of my favorite lines had to be when um, she literally just pulled into town. Uh, Her car breaks down and Chastity Pariah uh, comes up and says to her that she most certainly didn't fit in this town and that she didn't even fit in that dress. Elvira looks shocked for a second kind of like what the fuck and then she just walks up to her and says listen sister if i want your opinion i'll beat it out of you and i love that uh the second line um was when she showed up at the bowling alley uh she flags down the waitress and asks her for a bloody mary the waitress tells her that there is no hard liquor served past eight o'clock and she asked her if she would like a virgin Elvira replies, uh, maybe, but I'll have a couple of drinks first. I've always wanted to use that line, but I've never had the opportunity come up just yet. (laughs) This movie was full of fun lines like that. Um, Elvira is just the full package. She is breathtakingly beautiful, funny as all get out, and she has unshakable confidence. What's not inspiring about that? Elvira always has and always will be one of my ultimate heroines. I can't thank her enough for helping me find my confidence to show the world who I really am. I was a bit of an odd duck, an outcast in high school. I never really fit in. When I found out that Cassandra Peterson was just like me in that regard, it made me love her even more. 
It's because of her that I've chosen to share my love of all things horror and paranormal. I deeply hope this path leads me into an extraordinary career just like her. Thank you, Cassandra, and thank you, Elvira. Elvira received a 50% from Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.6 from IMDb, and 43% from Metacritic. Elvira, of course, gets a 10 out of 10 from me. I've seen this movie a hundred times and I will see it a hundred times more. This movie has everything and it is no less than perfection in my eyes. I know many may not agree with me, but hey, if I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. Well, you did it. You made it through the last episode of season one. I hope you have had a fun time on this journey. I know I have loved sharing my paranormal encounters and some of my favorite horror films with you. Season 2 will be coming out in the fall of 2022, and I am looking forward to bringing you more great horror films, paranormal encounters, and this time some investigations to go along with it. Well, happy holidays everyone, and see you next time.